Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is so important. What works in digital strategy in 2021 for banks? And I'm super excited to have Deb Whiteside with me. She is SVP at the ABA and is the head of Endure Solutions. And prior to that, she's had a long career at Fannie Mae. Hi, Deb. Hey, Pat. How are you today? Good. Well, this is such an important topic, but before we jump to that one, let's talk about how did you get into banking and all of that? I started working in the mortgage industry uh, right when I got out of graduate school. I was an economist at the at the MBA, actually, and I left there after a couple of years, went to Fannie Mae, uh, where I was in charge of the execution of all the special deals that we did, which back in those days was a, a lot of securitizations that were secured oftentimes with pool policies and collateral and things like that. They were coffee arms from the big thrifts out in California, Megan arms from dime savings in New York. So some really interesting deals there. I left there and I went to Pedestal, which was an internet startup, an internet mortgage trading firm. And then I landed at the ABA leading their mortgage product area where we do endorsements of various products for the benefit of our member banks. Do remember the negotiated deals, because I was actually on yes, a yes. desk in Philadelphia doing those deals. So that's that's so interesting. So talk about, I guess, some of the challenges that you face in your current role, and, and you're dealing with lots of banks. We are, and, and you know, the ABA uh, represents all sizes of banks. Many people think that we're the trade association for the large banks, and that's partially correct and that we do have all the large banks as members and the mid-sized banks as well. But the average, I think the median asset size of our members is about 400 million. Wow. We have literally thousands of small banks. So I think the challenge for us is finding the right product mix for the variety of bank asset sizes, and also just bank operating models. There's lots of different operating models within the industry as well. Yeah, that's a good point. So what surprises you in 2021? What surprises me, I think, is that banks are still struggling with adopting technology. It's very complicated, more so than for a mortgage company, for instance. So probably most of our banks offer mortgages. It is a kind of a core competency and a core product, but they also offer commercial loans and small business loans and do construction lending and, you know, personal loans. And so it's, they have such a huge variety of different types of products and processes that they have to lay technology over. It's a, it's a huge challenge for them. And of course, they are also very heavily regulated. No question about it. So how do you stay on top, especially when you're involved with so many different types of solutions? How do you stay on top of all of that? Well, we go to a lot of uh, conferences. I've been sitting in on the Lendit conference this week, and we keep our eye on what's coming down the pike from a technology product perspective. I cover lending and compliance. And so we have done some interesting things in that area to help our banks. Uh, and our eye is really on products that are going to help the banks 
that are probably $10 billion in assets and under. So real kind of true community banks. Well, why don't we talk about our topic today? You know, what works in digital strategy? You've seen everything and there's no question that technology and implementing it is certainly a key strategy for everybody. But what actually works is really what I think our listeners would want to hear about. For banks, I think I did a lot of technology development and implementation from the business ownership side when I was at Fannie Mae. And really, while the technology has certainly changed and the the complexity of it has changed and the sophistication of the people developing it and implementing it has, has changed, it's still very much a similar exercise in that you have to know what your strategy is, break it into pieces, and then find technology that fits and then sort of start to lay in that technology. A lot of it is understanding your business process as it is now and how you want it to be. The banks have a, have an additional wrinkle in all of this in that their, their core operating systems are oftentimes not as flexible as they could be. We are seeing that evolve and the ABA has done over the past two and a half years a lot of work in that area and working with the core providers, both existing and some of the new entrants in trying to get them to develop and allow you know, open API access so that if they wanna put in a digital front end for a loan product, whether it's mortgage or small business, it can then feed into their core system. Well, that's an interesting topic unto itself. And what I think people would want to know from all of this implementation that you've seen over the years and the types of technologies, a lot of times what I see with banks is that they want to hold on to their old system and it's always patchwork. Why is that? And does that really work? How do you see that working? Yeah, and I think a lot of banks are are getting to that and, and, and want to do that. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of different things going on there that make it difficult. One is a lot of the banks that you see, I and mean, you know this, are the result of mergers. Right. So you've got sometimes some mixed technology there that doesn't talk to each other. That happens. Um, also, the banks tend to enter into fairly long contracts with their core provider. And right. so they're, they're they're kind of locked into that. So to the extent that that places limits on them, it's difficult. They're not in a position where they can easily pivot out of it. I think that the other thing is, too, is that some of our smaller banks don't have the expertise or the staffing to support very large technology initiatives. That's an interesting point, because that was going to be my next question. A lot of times what I see is that their IT staff is not very robust. They buy the technology, but they never seem to get it rolled in. Is that what you see? I see more that they have a strong desire for it, but they struggle with how they're going to get it implemented and working properly. Um, So yes, there may be cases, I guess, when when they have bought it and and not fully implemented. I spoke to one banker who was the, the president of his bank, and he wanted to do a small business lending platform. Uh, he wanted to implement one and he got so much resistance from internally that he didn't do it. So there's there's that as well. There's the internal kind of lobbying and process, you know, the whole process that people are used to doing that don't want to do. You know, it's the old change management thing. It's hard. Right. So talk about, and you've raised a really great point about 
the cultural acceptance of new technology and how that fits in with a digital strategy? Well, I think, you know, you have to be, uh, it can be a little delicate at times because there will be technology that will displace some people probably, uh, cut down in, in, in the number of um, the people necessary to do a certain task. I think, Pat, you were Fannie Mae when I was when they rolled out DU and there was sure. huge resistance from the underwriters because they saw their jobs going away. And as we all know, that didn't happen. So I think, you know, I think having a really clear vision of where you're going, including the staff in it, communicating it well, having really effective project management are, are the key things. That, that keep these kinds of projects on time and in line. So from a, a rollout standpoint, what have you seen and what would you recommend as like, here's the best way that you're going to get acceptance at the employee level? Because a lot of times that can be where the resistance ends up. Yeah, and again, I think that's about communication so that people understand and so that understand what the point is and what their role is before, during, and after. And, you know, it, it's also a very, I think it's a very effective uh, development opportunity for some employees to learn how to go through a technology uh, implementation. Might not be pleasant at all times, but it certainly is, is it's a positive thing in terms of, you know, giving them a learning opportunity. I think um, one of the things that we're seeing over the past, oh, I'd say maybe two two years, is that a lot of the initial point of sale and lending front ends were very product specific. Mm -hmm. And now they are kind of joining together. So you're seeing mortgage and consumer in one package, and you're seeing even mortgage and well, business lending in on the same platform. And that's really helpful for, for our bankers or smaller bankers, because they don't then have to implement four or five different pieces of technology to support their various business lines. So why don't you share some of maybe some of your, you know, best experiences that you've seen with some of your customers regarding, you know, how long it took them and how major was the digital strategy that they were trying to implement? It's really all over the map. Digital account opening is something that a lot of banks are, are leading with, especially, you know, with the pandemic, as well as the whole digital loan application. And they, they really mobilize very quickly around the uh, Paytech protection programs, mm -hmm. uh, loans, um, and did uh, the small banks did a, a lion's share of those loans. And they did it very quickly. And there's one banker I know in Nebraska who partnered with a uh, small technology company out there to actually build a front end for the uh, Paytech Paycheck Protection Program loans, and is now starting to, to vary that to add some other products to it as well. So it's an interesting combination. You know, community banks can be very nimble, and you know they don't have a lot of layers of management oftentimes. And so when they when their backs against the wall, they can they can definitely improvise. Well, that's a key lesson that they can do. It just shows that you have to have the will. So talk about, has the ABA, has they done surveys of what customers are wanting from a digital standpoint so you know really kind of how to meld them together? Customers, meaning consumers? Yes, consumers. Yeah, they, they want it all digital, right? Oh, I mean, I think, that, I think that there are, I talk to bankers from small communities where People still uh, use their uh, branch network 
as kind of a gathering place and they go in there and they're more than happy to do that. I think that that, that is dwindling somewhat where you face to face, know your banker, you know, your teller and it's sure. still out there, but I do think it is dwindling. You know, I think when I think of my own kids who are in their thirties, they have no interest in going actually into a bank. They of course want bank services. And so it's, it's incumbent upon the banks to figure out how to get those services to those folks. Right. And so from the consumer standpoint, certainly all you're seeing is, do they want the human touch at some point or is it all that they want it automated? They want it to look like Amazon. I think they want the human touch when they need it, but they're more than happy to have it by phone or by text. Yeah, I watched my, both my daughter and my son buy houses and they did it almost 100% on their phones. Right. And in fact, we're, we're irritated they had to actually go to the closing table. <laughs> they had to go someplace to go to the closing table. Right. Um, there was lots of texting back and forth, uploading documents and sending them off. And I mean, they never they never really interacted with their loan officer until they face to face until they got to the closing table. Oh, OK. That Well, I think that's a trend that's going to obviously be wider, although some financial institutions are not wanting um, the texting to go on. But really, that's how people do purchasing today. Is that is that what you're seeing also? Yeah, definitely the texting back and forth with the loan officer, the processor, the underwriter. And we endorse a, a company called Built, which is a construction management software. And what their platform does, among other things, is connect all the various people so that they can communicate back and forth very easily on this platform so that an inspector out at a job site can, can communicate back immediately that the work is done and the draw can be released. So there's, you know, the communication piece is huge. Right. So that leads me to my next question regarding kind of future trends that you see since you talk to all of these technology providers. Where do you see this going in two years and five years? I think I think we're, we're seeing some more consolidation in the product set, as I said earlier. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're seeing somebody like Blend now doing consumer loans and I think also small business. You're seeing mortgage bot. They have a new POS coming out that's also going to have consumer in it with the mortgage piece. So, so you're seeing more sort of omni-channel offerings, which is which I think is is great. It makes it a lot easier. And I think you're seeing bankers starting to look more at more flexible core platforms that will support their strategic vision of where they want their bank to go. And there are plenty out there that 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 offer that now. Yeah, so if you had to have the 10 years out, let's go big picture. Uh, how do you see all of this, in other words, kind of looking like? And you see the core platforms doing everything? Is that That's what I hear you saying. Well, you know, I mean, if you think about it, the core platform it, it, at its, no pun intended, core, <laughs> is it's the system of record. That's all it is, right? Right. But these companies have built all these products around that core. And so there are some platforms out there that are called uh, new ones that are called headless cores. So it is actually just the, the system of record. And then you as a banker purchase whatever applications, products that you want and you connect through APIs into the system of record. So, you know, you, you choose your small business lending platform, you choose your consumer platform. Um, so it isn't all one thing in a box kind of thing that it is now, which allows a lot more flexibility, obviously. 
Yeah. So when you look at this, uh, and you haven't really talked about it, but a lot of times, Deb, what I see in the marketplace is that this inability to work your depository base. And is that driven because of the technology that we're not able to access that information or the ID department is small and it's hard to get? It just seems like they're not talking to each other a lot of times. In terms of cross-selling their customer base and understanding their customers, yeah, yes. that can be an issue. I agree with you. And again, I, I hate to sound sort of one note here, but it does come back to the core. There are some situations that are diminishing, but there have been situations in the past where the banks didn't have free access to all of their customer data that was in the core. Wow, that so explains it's very hard to mine and and analyze that data if you don't have it. That would be a problem. That's for that sure. That would be a problem. It's becoming much easier now, and and there is a, a, a big effort and a number of companies out there that are helping them mine that data and and understand it better. Yeah, that's really a great point. Well, we're coming, you know, I could talk for hours about this with you since you see so much. So we're coming down to the last couple, you know, takeaways. What would you want to share to our listeners today? Most banks, they should be aggressive in adopting technology to the extent that they can, and that it should match up with their strategic vision of where they're going. There's so many different kinds of banks out there that folks, some banks focus on, you know, lending to doctors and some bank, banks. I know a woman who runs a bank in Florida that it focuses on plane leasing businesses. So there's there are sort of very kind of discreetly focused banks and there's banks that that offer everything. And so I think to have a very clear vision of what your value is in your community and what you want, how you want your bank to be and and survive and thrive in the future is the most important first step and then figure out what the tech piece is that brings you there. Yeah, that's a really great point. Well, I want to thank you, Deb, for sharing all of your great insights. We certainly appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks again, Deb. Thank you, Pat. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.